0: Welcome to the Dreams, by any means, Motivation Station. I'm your host, Ed Doxon. Today, I got a very special guest um, here in the building, um, another graduate of McKinley Technology High School. Those have been listening to the podcast. I know you've probably been seeing all the different people from tech on here. Um, this is not someone that I graduated with, but you graduated a year after me, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so the 2011. Um, and today is just, um, you know, we're going to jump right into it. I think this is uh, something we've covered on the podcast, kind of talking about financial literacy and things, but... I think um, with you and your brand, we'll get into, like, you kind of cover almost every area, you know, whether from real estate, credit, crypto, um, you know, business, investing in business, and all those different type of things. But um, I'm going to just open up to the floor and let you, you know, tell the people a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, what you currently got going on, and we'll dive into everything.
1: All right, cool. Um, First off, thanks for having me on the show, Ed. I appreciate you, my guy. Uh, So um, my name's Ron Curtis. Uh, Some people call me Dr. Financial. Uh, reason being, just like a doctor, if you got some problems, you go to them. People come to me with their financial problems, and I help them, you know, with remedies and solutions. So, um, born and raised in Washington D.C., native Washingtonian, uh, went to VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, graduated in business out there. Uh, came home, got an internship, turned to a career. Um, pr- pretty much what I what I do, I'm a financial literacy coach. Um, but I also, you know, teach people that you can play both sides of the fence. Um, I'm a 9 to five preneur, so I got a day job. I work for the D.C. government. Um, and then once I get off work from 5 to 12, some nights, most nights, you know, I'm grinding, um, you know, working on my dreams and, and building on my brains. Absolutely, man. So,
0: um, you know, you kind of mentioned the thing that stuck out to me. You just said about, you know, being like an actual doctor, right? So being a doctor, someone coming to you and trying to get that advice, Um you know, what, what doctors normally do is what they diagnose, you know, they have their research, they have their knowledge. So talk about, um, you know, how, what is a, a pretty much a client that will come to you for any type of financial service? What does that look like? What's that process? What's that fee? Like, what is that? How does that work?
1: All right, cool. So, um, you know, one of my main services that I provide is credit uh, restoration and repair. Uh, so I'm a credit coach. A lot of times uh, last year I probably looked over a thousand credit applications, uh, pretty much how the process worked. You know, someone comes to me with a pain point, kind of like when you're at a, at a doctor, ah, I got this, you know, this pain in my knee, I don't know, you know, it's it's stopping me from walking, you know. At the same time, with credit repair, you know, your pain point could be, you know, you needing to buy a house or you needing to refinance your car or buy a car or even in some instances get that job. Uh, so one thing that I help people do is when they come with those pain points, I do a free credit consultation. I walk them through their credit report. Kind of like if you go to the doctor and get your blood work drawn, um, you know they're going to tell you everything. Hey, this is what you've been doing. You need to work out. You need to stop eating. Same thing with me. Hey, you need to bring down your spending on some of your cars, bring down your utilization, You know, make sure you make your payments on time, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so necessarily not every person needs credit repair. Uh, one of the reasons that I jumped into this field, and it's one of my passions, we aren't taught about financial literacy in school. Um, we aren't taught about credit. We aren't taught about business credit. Um, but, you know, they give us credit cards from the time that we turn 18. So um, that's pretty much my goal, to teach you how to manage your credit, kind of like a doctor would teach you how to manage, you know, your lifestyle to live a healthy life.
0: Absolutely. Now, when I think about that statement and that topic, um, you know, as we were kind of talking to Connor here, we know there's certain things that um, in our community, African-American community, we get catch on until late. And one of those things is being credit. Um, I know for myself, I didn't have my first credit card until after college. Thank God, because I think I (laughs) went a little crazy. But um, talk about, you know, the importance of credit. And I say that because, you know, I didn't know until after college. I'm just thinking, save the money, save the money, make the money, make the money. But then I and I'm talking to older people. They're like, yo, your credit ain't right. You ain't doing nothing. So (laughs) talk about somebody that's just blind to the fact of how credit works and, you know, like the importance of why they need it, especially the older they get.
1: I mean, well, yeah, definitely to talk about somebody. Um, I like to speak on things that I know and that I've experienced. I'm going to speak on me. So right out of college, like you said, I didn't have a credit card all throughout college. Got my first bank account when I went away to college. Opened my first bank account in Wells Fargo at the age of 18 in Richmond, Virginia. So um, ironically, I even got approved for a credit card in all four years in college. and never knew I had one because it got mailed back to my house. Um, Fast forward, you know, out of college, you get a, you know, your first time salary job, you're getting money, you party, and going out, having fun. Before I knew it, I was way steep, $10,000 in credit card debt, right? Yeah. Um, probably at 22, my minimum payment went from $200 a month to seven, $800 a month, right? So that, that'll shock your salary, shock your budget, shock your lifestyle. Um, so I definitely know how it feels, you know, to have high interest credit card debt, um, rack up by, you know, traveling, partying, living on, you know, um spending your money on liability. So um in that instance, I-, I can definitely speak to that. Uh I wasn't taught it in school. Um, my dad was a principal my whole life. My mom was an educator. They didn't have, you know, that financial literacy knowledge. I didn't learn it in college. Ironically enough, I did not know the power of a stock and what it can do until I was out of college. I took finance classes and had no idea that finance had um was related to money and how money compounds and invest and things like that so um even in the school system you could be sitting right in front of it in front of you and it could go right over your nose so um saying all that to say all of it starts with credit credit is the foundation like you said you can't buy anything without credit once you get older you can't buy um a house you can't buy a car in some instances you can't even work at some establishment so um credit is definitely key and it should be implemented um and taught in the school system yeah absolutely now um you know, I, I, I'm
0: something that was on my mind just looking at like your, you know, your one page. Us having the conversations, and I know you said speaking from your experience and you know what you went through negatively, negatively in school, but with this whole finance arena like is there someone in your family or was there someone like that kind of was putting you on in this or a professor or just kind of came through trial and error like you and know, your own financial
1: mishaps that's a great question so ironically um so graduated college worked at dc water four years internship working with asset management working with databases and stuff like that when i got 10k in credit card debt literally the day i was at work when i got an email from amex and wells fargo saying your monthly payment didn't shot up, right?
0: Uh-huh. Um, there was
1: a guy that's contractor that worked. I give all credit to him. His name's Adam Duncan. Um, he had 30 years of experience in finance over in the U.K. Um, and ironically, you know, he wasn't even dealing with finance. Um, he I remember he used to always say, like, yeah, I bought my mom a flat and my dad a flat in the U.K., which is a condo. Or, oh, I bought two Audis on credit cards. And I used to be like, man, what are you talking about? You're, like, you're capping. You're lying. Yeah. Like, um." <laughs> So when I when I ran into that issue, he was the first person I ran and you know talked to, and since he was a consultant, he was only there you know every three months or so. So it was just so happened he was there. Um, he took me in the office on my lunch break, wrote on a whiteboard, made me write down every last one of my credit cards. I had five, probably five of them at a the time. Um, made me add up all of my percentages um, and what my balances were. And what he showed me, this changed my life forever. And I want you guys to definitely hone in on this. He made me add up all of my credit cards and all of my balances. So for easy numbers, let's say. The percentage on all my credit cards was 50% added up, and I owe 10 bands, $10,000, right? So what he told me was, for every dollar that you borrow out of that $10,000, you're paying back 50% interest. Mm -hmm. You're paying back 50 cents for every dollar that you borrow, with interest compounding every day on $10,000, right? Mm So he said, so what do you do? And this is the type of consultant, like, he makes you think, right? Yeah. I hated him at work. Now that I'm he's, <laughs> I'm gone from there, I realize how, you know, vital he was in, in, in my life in terms of development, right? But so what he said was, <clears throat> you need to go buy cheaper money, right? I've never heard that in my life, go mm-hmm. buy money. Who's ever told somebody to <laughs> go buy money? And what he said, he said, you have two options. Based on your credit score, you can get a debt consolidation loan, which pretty much allows me to... Um, go to the bank and say, Hey, I owe ten thousand dollars, can I get a loan? Instead of paying fifty percent interest on that on those five credit cards, you might get one loan for ten thousand dollars and it may be twelve percent interest. Mm-hmm. You just saved yourself what is that, thirty eight percent interest in real money. Like yeah. that's is real money we talking about. So, um by the grace of God I was able to do that. Um and it took my payments from seven, eight hundred dollars a month to Literally uh two hundred fourteen, one hundred seven every check. I've never felt it since then. Hmm. Um so that that was something and also something called a balance transfer card. So this is another method. If I had let's say a ten thousand dollar balance on one card, I can transfer it onto a card, pay like a small three percent fee. Okay. Um, but now let's say that card gives me zero interest for fifteen months. You just divide ten thousand dollars by fifteen months, and that's how much you have to pay each month in order to break even. So it's a way to freeze the interest. And have zero percent interest for a fixed Mm -hmm. amount of time but at that point my payments might have been five six hundred dollars a month that wasn't affordable for me for 12 months so I I decided to go bought myself time with the five-year fixed interest loan so um that's how I got into it and once it worked for me I had some friends that were dealing with the same issues we going out to the same parties clubs happy hours all that so I sat down with them did the ran the same play and it worked so that's that's what got me into this financial literacy space
0: Absolutely. And I'm um, just thinking about how you kind of breaking down um, how you tackle that debt. Now, say, for instance, um, I know this happens often as well, where people may get their credit score high, mm-hmm. and then they may acquire, you know, like a high debt, you know, whether it's six, $7,000 or something. Now, I'm asking this because I always hear mixed um, things about this, but pretty much people say, like, you know, hey, if you got a 780 and then you happen to run up your balance to 6000 now, if you don't, you know, pay that off in a timely manner, is it? Go- it's not going to drop your score. Some people say it's just your score is not going to go up. But pretty much what I'm trying to ask is that mm-hmm. people that fall into the, that bu- bucket where it's like, okay, my score is high, I might got five thousand dollar credit card debt. Is it a rush for them to pay that off at once, or would you recommend them like, hey, your score is good, so you just got to chop it down and don't make no more, no more mistakes?
1: All right, so um, to answer your question, it all comes down to something called your credit utilization, right? And this is a law of credit that everybody should know. So um, your score is broken down into five major parts. The two most important are payment history, which is 35% of your score. Mm-hmm. So you never, ever, ever want to miss a payment. Once you do, it can, drop your, it can cause your score to drop 50 to 100 points out the gate. So put all your accounts on auto pay, right? But to speak to your point, the second most important is called your total available credit or your revolving credit. So that's how much credit you have to your name. So no matter what your score is currently, you never wanna spend more than 30% of what your balance divided by your limit is. But there's a a few caveats, right? So the first thing is, let's say you have a credit card with a $1,000 limit, right? So in the real world, you never wanna spend over 300. Let's say you need to spend 500 or you need to max it out. You need to spend 950, right? You can do that, but you want to make sure you pay your credit card balance under 30% by your statement date and not your due date, okay? So, most people, um, you can check your statement date on your credit card or inside of your credit card app um, or your statement that comes to yeah. your house.
0: And I'm sorry to cut you off because no, no, I think that's critical. So, you were saying pay attention to the statement date, pay it by the statement date, not the not due date. Not the due date. So, okay. pay
1: it under 30% by the statement date and then if you have a balance You know pay it by the due date so I tell everybody every credit card that you own can be a zero interest credit card if you pay the balances off before the due date Mm -hmm. you won't ever have to pay interest but if for whatever reason you have to carry money over um, if you want to pay credit card companies more money or if you know it's a certain situation you have to you're gonna have to pay interest but that's the way to make every credit card (coughs) zero interest and
0: I was told to never pay the minimum like cuz it's like you may spend 300 like so when I got into it people from my advice I got it was like all right if I spent 300 when the due date came I would pay 301 or 302 but it was like when they say minimum due $20 I was told to never
1: pay that so that's great that whoever told you that to never yeah. pay, to never pay the minimum because that's how I got caught up in 10k in debt okay I'm paying the minimum every month thinking I'm good then I go buy a flight, a few outfits and then a hotel yeah. and you do that 3 4 times and you realize whoa I was supposed to knock out a chunk and yeah. I never did it right so <laughs> Establishing that habit of early, of not paying the minimum, already puts you in a mindset of, I'm not paying these credit card companies, no interest, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And where I'm at now is, like, once you establish some of those guidelines and those principles, um, what you can actually do is you can have the credit card companies pay you for using credit cards. And we can get into that. And then another tip which you can do is um, people always ask. So, like, that was a great thing you said. You said, do I pay 301? Do I always pay more, right? So credit card companies, of course, they're in the business to make money. And they make money by you, you know, carrying over interest. And then they make that money off the interest that you pay, right? Um, But what I would recommend is what they really care about in terms of your credit is that you make your payments on time each month and that you're actively using your credit cards each month, right? So what I would do... Um, If I had some credit cards and I didn't really want to run them up, i put a small bill on there, like a gas bill, electricity bill, a Netflix, Hulu, something like that. Or even treat yourself once a month, some small, manageable $50 to $75. And then just pay it off each month. Once a month, just pay it off. Pay the full balance off. You don't have to pay any interest. And it's showing that you're actively using your credit card. If you really want to, you know, finesse it, maybe put one of your bills on it and put it on auto pay. So if your bill's under $25 a month and your auto pays $25, just keep having to chop away like that every month. And that'll keep your card active. It'll build your payment history, your credit age, and um more than likely you can call and get a credit limit increase as well.
0: Okay. Nice, nice, nice. So um I'm on to transition note from credit. Um, like I said, you got a lot of stuff on your table in the finances, but um, you know, I mean around this time, of course, it's tax season. Um, right. and of course it's uh, you know, I mean everything's going on from the market to the real estate to inflation. Um, I kind of want to definitely talk about the real estate, especially just us being from D.C., mm-hmm. um, seeing the city transform, like, so much in the past 10 to 20 years. Um, so, just kind of get into real estate, you know, kind of like a one-on-one, like, because I know everyone always talks about, oh, I want to get my real estate license, or everyone's goal is, I'm trying to buy a house, I'm trying to buy a house, but kind of, like, talk about, you know, like, the steps of, like, what that really is.
1: Yeah, so, um. So yeah, definitely it's a lot of different ways you can get an invested in real estate, um, I hate the term, you know, first-time home buyer or you're a first-time home owner no like you're a real estate investor. You own real estate at that point like you have ownership interest in property. So, it's a lot of different ways you can get into it. Some people fix and flip. Um, some people, you know, purchase homes and hold buy and hold. Some people, you know, rent out the section, 8, things like that. Um, but for you know for the average person that wanted to get into it, I mean there's a lot of different programs out here especially in the DMV area. Uh, You have HPAP. They can give you up to $84,000. I think they just took the limit up even more, but up to $84,000 to purchase a home Um, if you're looking to purchase a home in D.C. as a D.C. resident. uh, They have another program called EAP that's for D.C. government teachers, um, D.C. uh, public and charter schools, first responders, um, and also D.C. government employees. I was able to leverage that program. Uh, They actually gave me $25,000 to purchase a home. Um, There's another program called D.C. Open Doors Um, If you have the right credit score, you fall into their criteria in terms of how much money you make. They'll actually give you uh, up to 3% down for your home. So, they actually gave me $12,500 as well. So, even right there, you know, I got a little under $38,000 off two programs. Um, So, there's a lot of money out here that's available for you to become real estate investors where you can leverage credit and leverage OPM. Um, Mm -hmm. So, that's one way that you can do it. Um, You can get in real estate by doing short-term rental arbitrage such as Airbnb. Furnished Finders, Verbo, um, things like that. Uh, one way that I was able to creatively um, become a real estate investor was I turned my single family home into a duplex. So I uh, renovated the basement and now I rent that out on Airbnb and that kind of supplements my mortgage. So um, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. Um, you can manage people's properties also who have properties and don't wanna manage it. You can go the landlord route. Um, so I would definitely say look into You don't always have to get a real estate license or you know become a lender.
0: Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Now, would you say, um, I heard you name a lot of those programs, right? And I think this is important to talk about because, you know, um, with, without people and for great reason, and sometimes we just have an a, a iffy relationship with the government or we think the government trying to finesse us or we think it's something deeper or we, you know, we think like, oh, no, I got to be a catch to it. So kind of just like those programs, you know, talk about, like, because I think, I don't even think, let me rephrase this. I know for a fact, compared to so many cities in this country, when it comes to, like, government assistance like this mm-hmm. from funding to IZ program, whatever the case is, bro, some of this stuff don't exist in other cities. So kind of talk about the importance of taking advantage of some of these resources right in our backyard.
1: Um, I would definitely say if you're if you're eligible, you know, if you guys are paying rent, especially in a market like D.C., which is probably top five most expensive places to live in the country, um, I would call it it's no-brainer to take advantage of this like I know people who live in apartments You know 500 square-foot apartments and I'm paying less with a full, you know Three-bedroom house big backyard screen porch things like that. So um, I think you, it, it first takes the the Awareness to go and seek these different types of programs um, And see how they benefit you because you know some programs the less money you make the more money you qualify for um, I would definitely say you do your due diligence. I remember the first program I ever went to go sit down um and it was for HPAP and one thing that they said was, What's HPAP? Everybody raised their hand a program a grant, blah, blah, blah. And they said, No, it's free money. In my mind, you know, up until the home closing process, I thought it was free money. But when you read in the fine print, you see, oh, I gotta pay this back in thirty years yeah. <laughs> or if I move out of the house or if I refinance it. So it's like, okay, you know, you just gotta make sure you do your due diligence on your end. Um, uh, research the programs, you know, get the right people in front of you, your lenders. Um, and also your realtors who can speak to those different programs to help you in your situation.
0: Yeah, and that leads to another question, just thought about, you know, how can we make this ours? And I say this ours because when we talk about those programs, you know, it's been for years, but lately I've been reading on it, you know, now they're sharing more light on how back in the 60s and 70s, you know, the red tape that they put up to make sure black people couldn't pay $10,000 for them homes, which now those homes are 500000 $600,000. So, you know, with that being a thing that we had to experience, how do we kind of get into private funding and kind of really creating our own real estate world where we don't really gotta go to the banks?
1: Um, that's a great question. I mean, I, I guess, it, you know, start start with our community. Um, we have the black spending, we have over a trillion dollars spending power. So I guess it just all depends on where we spend our money. Like I tell people all the time, like the cost that it, uh, it took me to acquire my house, I spent $3,700 to purchase a, almost a half a million dollar house, right? Mm-hmm. And it costs less than a designer bag, right? right? It costs less than a trip to uh, Mexico, right? Yeah. So these are the things, like, I guess it really comes to prioritizing your needs versus your wants and also your opportunity costs. Like, if I go spend three bands at Rose Bar tonight, you know, what's the opportunity $3, that 3000 that could have been in my earnest money deposit, right? Right. So it's just changing conversations that we have at our family gatherings, you know, changing conversations in our group chats, because when you start changing conversations, you change your conversation as well. Um, So I think that's something we in our community can do. Start having more conversations like this, open forums to show people, you know, there are resources. And I think people don't know that there's stuff out here like this. And it feels so overwhelming, especially in a city where you see million dollar homes every day. But it's like, no. You can get a crib in a nice part of the city, maybe in the hood, an up-and-coming place, but, you know, you see gentrification happening in your neighborhood, and you're not really taking any steps to, you know, combat or to even get in the game, too. Because there's opportunities and resources out here for people, especially in these high, um, expensive cities, and that's that's why D.C. has programs like that. So everybody, you know, we can level and equal the playing field. We used to be denied home applications because we were simply black, and now we're not applying for them because we don't know about the resources that we have.
0: Right, 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 and I think with the resources today and everything's more transparent, um, it puts so much pressure on, you know, I won't name any banks, but there's one bank that's always in the news for some type of race, you know, like yep. disparity as it relates to like, loan, loan for home, but um, one thing too, man, you know, doing research on you, learn about, that sticks out to me, because um, it's dear to my heart is the nonprofit that you have, uh, First Base Inc. Yes. Um, you know, targeted towards those youth, and I definitely want you to talk about that more in, uh, in depth. But also, just everything we just covered, just want to kind of pick your brain on. You know, how do we get this information to the youth, like young, and I mean young, like man of his second, third grade, just have them start talking about understanding real estate, understanding how a credit card works. So when they get to college, you know, they don't crash out like you know we had to crash yeah. out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean th- that that's a great question. So, um uh, first off, First Base Inc. is a non-profit 501c3. Um we pretty much focus on mentorship, community outreach and professional development. Uh we do a lot of local partnerships in the DMV area. We partner with McKinley Tech, we partner with Blue High okay. School, to um Digital Ballou. Pioneers Academy, Brooklyn Middle School. Um so we're doing a lot of different things. We throw community events as well. Um community networking events um for you know, you know, young entrepreneurs in the area. Um, We always throw an annual kickball game. It's called Kick for Cans. Um, It's a great fundraiser where um, everybody comes. It's around Thanksgiving. We bring cans and we donate to local food banks and charities and things like that. So um, the pandemic, we went more virtual. That's when we were doing, virtual mentorship for Baloo High School. Uh, Some of the young guys, so to kind of speak to what you said, they might have had five to ten guys. that you know, you you got guys who growing up in Ward 8, one of the most, you know, violent wards in the city. Um, And, you know, these guys are 16 years old expecting babies or, like, you know, they don't have parents and things like that. So um, creating those safe spaces for them, you know, by partnering with their schools and having, you know, five young black men, because it's not just me. It's me and my five friends from college. I met these guys in college. Yeah, Um, We're all from the DMV area. And, you know, to be able to say, hey, I... I played blue. I get y'all thirty. I get y'all uh, fifteen when I played y'all at mm-hmm. thirty, um, or, or like you know, uh, just to be able to resonate with them. Like, oh, I grew up in that street, or like, like I like go go too. So yeah, like things yeah. like that. When you resonate with them, instead of them outside of rec centers hanging out with the older guys, right, you know, right, right. Uh, with the drugs and the guns and the violence, it's like you yeah. just got to put them in a different environment um, where you can cultivate those conversations and have them start thinking about it. So one thing that I do, um, it's been one of my new passions. I'm speaking to as many nonprofits, businesses, mm-hmm. churches. Um, in organizations as I can about different financial literacy topics like this, so you can never say Ron never told me a doctor financial. I, l- I heard Doctor Financial say that when I was seven. Yeah, yeah. Like, so that that's kind of what what will keep me going. And I think more people like me, and like now financial literacy is trendy. So since more people you know like me and speak the things that I'm speaking, I think you know if we can all link up and start pushing it in our communities, we have a, a serious reach. Yeah,
0: yeah, Nah for sure, bro. That's all that stuff, man. Um, w- what's next for financial uh, literacy?
1: Financial lit. So, okay, my company's called Financial Lit University. Um, I'm going to be a one-stop shop for all things financial literacy. So, like, I focus on four main things. I focus on credit. In this country, no matter what, as long as they have credit scores, you're going to have to have a credit score to buy and finance anything. Um, I focus on taxes. Um, You know, you're going to pay taxes until the day you die if you live in this country. Um, it's a recession-proof and an inflation-proof business. You got to file your taxes regardless. Um, transportation, um, I, I, my nine-to-five is in the transportation industry, asset management, overseeing, you know, different types of vehicles. Um, but I do have a rental car business where I rent cars, on tour, on hire car, and also mentor people. So people are always going to need to go from point A to point B. And then last but not least, um, you know, people are always going to need shelter. So um, I actually, you know, manage properties for Airbnb. Um, I actually manage a commercial um, hair salon as well, so people are always going to need places to live and always need roofs over their hair So what's next for me yeah. is just continue to build out this brand um, on the public speaking aspect um, and in the schools. I'm actually building a, a financial literacy curriculum that's targeted from three different age groups. Um, of course, you know young early education, um, you know uh, high school, young adult, and then you know adult, older adult. So just teaching the basic principles that you know we aren't taught in school, um, and, you know kind of structure it for them so they can understand it.
0: Absolutely, man, and um, as we as we uh, head to close out, something I asked all the guests, man. So part of the platform, you know, dreams by any means, motivation station is clearly what it is. You know, talks about motivation, inspiring people, but mainly it's something that I live by, which is by any means, and I call it an any means moment, and it's pretty much like you know describing the moment. Of when you might have had a hardship, you might have had a setback, or it might have just been like you had an idea, like I'm about to start, you know, create this. I'm gonna work on this, and it was hard, but you kept pushing. So, kind of talk about any means moments you want to share with the people, like, well, you just was everything probably was stacked against you, but you was like, nah, I ain't going like that, and (laughs) you made it work.
1: Um, I probably say, I probably say, uh, my any means moment that kind of like hit me. Um, I had a couple of them, but the most recent one. Probably, like, right before the pandemic started, I had a health scare. Mm-hmm. Doctor scared me, said something that, you know, that could have been life-threatening. It kind of threw me off. Like, you know, in life, you could be out here on autopilot thinking you're going to be here forever. Um, I had never even thought about, you know, dying or the concept of death. Mm-hmm. So um, once that happened, it just made me like, okay, like you said, dreams by any means. I'm having all these dreams in my mind, all these things I want to, you know, put into fruition. Um, You know, God was able to, he kind of wakes you up in different ways and alerts you in different ways. So that made me... Jump up and get in grind mode. So, like, once I found that out, that said, okay, before I go, I got to publish my ebook. Yeah. I That you understand the credit cards mm-hmm. and, you know, show somebody else my story. I got a credit card debt. I got out. So can you. And from that book, that launched literally everything that I do now. So, um, to inspire anybody, literally every last single thing that I've said on this whole podcast, I started when the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. Every last thing since March 2020. Um, I was always plotting on it. I always had it in my mind. But from, you know, being able to take a break and reset and get away from the rat race, it allowed me to implement some of that stuff. So um, what's today's day? It's April 22nd, 2022. So within yeah. two years, um, by the grace of God, I've been able to accomplish a lot. So I would definitely say, um, you know, always keep God first because you're going to keep going through stuff like life. You got yeah. peaks and valleys. Um, But that kind of woke me up and got me to this point where I am now. It, it lit that fire under me and kind of just... I gotta get it by any means. I gotta retire my family. Like mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta get financial freedom. That's my only hope. Like wholesale
0: Right, right. Nah, no, that's solid, bro, man. Like first and foremost, like I'm proud of you, bro. You know what Appreciate I mean? You. Like always been a solid dude since high school. Um, and as we was talking before, we kind of got on the um, show for those listening. Like we was just saying, like you know, McK- shout out to McKinley Tech, like that. 09, oh, I came in 08, but like 08, I graduated in 2010, 2011, I think like 2013, probably the last cutoff for like that yeah. era. 08 to 13 was probably the last of that. Well, we was the last of a dying Yeah, was, that well, it was, was, like, was under Pender. Pender was oh, yeah. like the, yeah. But we was solid, 08
1: oh, to... Oh, wait, the eleven
0: for real. Yeah, we produce some, like, really, really good people. So, like, I, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and I just be looking, like, man, you know, tech really got people around the city doing stuff. And more importantly, like, I like to see that we are doing stuff for the city, whether it's what nice. you're doing with financial, whether it's community event, whether it's what I got on now, you know, fashion, Malik with the clothing line, even pending leveled up in the school system. No like, so it's like everybody left tech and really went to do what, you know, we, what we lived by when we was there. No excuses, just solutions. Like, that's something I feel like everybody exemplified now. so um, Yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on here, man. And this is something that we definitely going to get you back on here because I know we got to dive deeper and yes, we got to talk about taxes and crypto and investing and all that. But I uh, appreciate everything you uh, shared with the audience today because I know a lot of people listening will be able to apply this to their lives and no matter the age, young and old head right. whatever, like everybody could use some type of advice on how to manage their money better.
1: I appreciate you, Ed, and, yeah. like, like, y'all make sure y'all tune in to Dreams By Any Means podcast. Sure. podcast. he definitely be having some heat, um, and I'll definitely be back, so I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Already, no questions, man. I appreciate you, I bro. I appreciate you, too, bro. My God. My man.
0: Thank you for tuning into Dreams By Any Means Motivation Station, where hustle plus faith equals success. Stay tuned for the next episode.